Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. We're going to have an amazing altar call at the end of this time. I can't get no satisfaction from drugs, alcohol, money, pornography. It's a principle. We're reading about it. That's what happened in those days. Their hearts and minds were darkened and hardened. And they just could care less what you think. And they just do what they did. You can boil the nature of sin down to this simple principle. You want to do what you want to do when you want to do it. It's been that way ever since the first time Adam and Eve rebelled. Sure, the manifestations may be more or less grotesque, but the heart problem is the same. Pastor Mark will be teaching about this common situation, as well as the logical ending place of self-indulgence. You'll be reminded of the spiritual as well as eventual physical death that sin causes. You'll also hear about the solution that God has provided and why. As a Christ follower, it's not safe to dabble in the things of the past. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 as he continues his message, Walking in Holiness and Purity. Why would people never think about God when we were created in the image of God and he's got an amazing plan for us? Well, Paul tells us in verse 18. Look at your Bibles. Verse 18. They are darkened in their understanding. That's why Berlin today is called one of the dark cities of our world. Anybody ever hear of the dark web? Same principle. They are darkened in their understanding. Now, how does that happen? Well, look at this verse. Paul writes about it. How can a brilliant person with an IQ off the charts not understand God, not understand that God has a purpose and has a place for them in his life? Well, here's why. Satan, who is a God of this world, has blinded the, tell me, not the eyes, the mind. What we think, we become. He has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Unbelievers. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand no matter how much of an IQ they have. They do not understand this message about the glory of God, who is the exact likeness of God. Now, you understand that. We've all seen that. Unbelievers are darkened in their understanding because Satan has blinded their minds to the light of God. You have seen that in your life. 
you have a relative. Maybe you're together for Christmas or Thanksgiving or some holiday, July 4th, and they come over. And the unbelievers in your family, your relatives, they don't know God. They're not interested in God. God isn't on their radar. So you try to talk with them. And you tell them, well, God's God. You should hear the sermon I heard, Pastor Mark. You know, you go through all this. And as you're talking, they're kind of, whatever. And then pretty soon they say, okay, it's time to eat. What happened to the sermon? What happened to the little thing that you shared with them? It went what? Right past their understanding. Why? Because they can't understand. Their minds are blinded. Now, what I used to try to do then, okay, I'm going to work on my skills to get that across to them, man. I'll watch me tell them how to get saved. How many know that doesn't work? Who can open their blinded minds? Only God and the word of God. So it reminds us why that is. Now, darkened. You love this verse. I love this verse. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word. See, they don't get it. They don't understand it. So we have to pray that the Holy Spirit would open their minds to this truth. In fact, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14 says this. The man without the spirit, unbeliever, does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God. For they're foolishness to them. And he cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned. When we have a darkened mind, it begins to, as we already said, what you believe you become. It begins to make us something that we really don't want to be. Look at the rest of verse 18. Let me just start from the beginning of that. They are darkened, unbelievers, in their understanding, watch this, and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. They are separated from the life of God due to the hardening of their hearts. The unbeliever is confused. It doesn't make any sense to them. Their darkened minds come from hearts which are hardened because they turn their backs on God. Now, let me show you how that works. An unbeliever, by nature, we're told in Romans 1, knows there is a God. God put that in us. Every person knows there's a God. But by choice, they reject that truth. Romans 1, you can read it. You have to just read Romans 1. You'll see it just over and over. They reject it. They know that the idols they're worshiping are false. God tells them, you can tell by the sky, you can tell by your nature, you can tell by your conscience, you can tell in your heart that there is a God. But by nature, they reject it. They reject it. They reject it. So pretty soon, what happens to your heart? It gets hardened. Now, what do they mean they reject it? So they have no part of God. Here's why. Here's what an unbeliever does. They put their back to God and they do their own thing. Not interested. Thank you very much. Not interested at all. But what did I say? The word of God is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Is there any difference between following God this way or putting my back and doing my own thing? Any difference? Yeah. So Paul's saying, careful. You used to be that way. Now I want you to be this way. Remember your little meter? How you doing? Are you walking with God? Or are you walking against God? Now, we understand from this two things I want you to write. 
Here's number two. An unbeliever's heart becomes hardened. My whole being, the heart is. It's not my beating heart. It's the center of my mind, will, and emotions. Proverbs. Solomon, the wisest man in all the world in the Old Testament. David's son. He wrote this verse. I'll read it to you. But he never obeyed it. How stupid is that? Here's the verse. Guard your heart above all else. For it determines, here we go, the course of your life. Following God or following self. It absolutely, it determines the course of our life. Now, they're separated from God, which is exactly opposite what God wanted. Remember, we learned earlier from Paul, God wants to dwell in us. He wants to be at home in us. They have nothing to do. They're separated because their hearts and minds were simply rebellious against God. Now, this didn't just happen to them. Absolutely what happened is they made a choice of their will. The greatest benefit you and I have is God created us with a will. I have free choice. I can either follow him or not follow him. That's my choice. And so men, women who don't want anything to do with God, want to do their own thing, they simply make a choice of their will that they're not interested in God. And what happens to their heart? It gets hardened. Now, Paul would write this in Romans 1, which you could read later the whole chapter. It's very interesting. Talks really kind of our world today. Look what Paul writes right here. For although they knew about God. Remember I told you, every person knows about God in their heart. Now, they won't admit it to you, but they know there's a God. Although they knew about God, they don't know him personally, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, dead end, and their foolish hearts were darkened. There it is again. That's what happens. And the only person that can change that, we can't complain about it. We pray for people like that. And that's what happened when Paul began to teach the word of God there, that their hearts were changed. Now, there's something interesting in verse 19. How many of you have green thumbs? You're a gardener. You have a garden. Let me see your hands. Good, good. I have a thumb. That's about it. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Now, if you're a gardener and you're working in that soil all the time and doing all this kind of stuff, playing with it, what happens to your hands eventually? They get a little what? The entire, they get callous. Anybody know what callous hands? You don't hear these people say, oh, I work on the garden all the time. I'm the one that does it. My wife doesn't do it. Let me see your hands. Look like a baby's bottom. Are they telling the truth? No, they're not. If you're in the garden, your thumbs, your hands, and there's going to be spots that are going to be what? Calloused, hardened. Look at this verse. Look at this verse. Verse 19. Having lost all sensitivity. You know, when you have a callous, there's no feeling on it. It's just dull. There's no feeling. Your finger next to it? Oh, it can feel. Callous? No. Having lost all sensitivity... They've given themselves over to sensuality. That word sensuality means lewd behavior. The lowest morals possible. 
They've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge, not just think, what we think we become, indulge in every kind, look at the verse, of impurity. And they are full of greed. Here's what you want to write down. Paul says, point number three, unbelievers become morally insensitive, callous heart, hardened heart, and live unholy lives. Their darkened minds and hardened hearts lead to a life, no shame. They don't care. They don't care what people think of them. Their desire for sensual and sexual pleasures dominates their lives. And no matter what they did, their desires are never, ever satisfied. Instead of love dominating their lives, lust and greed ruled. The more they turned away from God, their darkened behavior increased. Now think about this. No matter what they do, their desires are never satisfied. That's back to that same principle at the beginning, futility. Now let's think about that. How many of you know it doesn't matter how much money you have, it'll never be enough? Anybody understand what that is? Okay. I used to say that when I made two bucks an hour back in pharmacy when I was doing an internship, I said, if I could just make four bucks, man, we'd be rich and it'd be over with forever. I told my wife before she was my wife, just wait till I make four. I'll provide everything you need. How stupid is that? How many of you know, doesn't matter how much you have, you always want? Exactly. So what are we talking about here? No matter how much sex, Solomon, 1,000 wives and concubines. You know what he said after the second or third? Just one more time with a different woman and I'll be satisfied. A 1,000? So... As we continue, how about drugs? How about pornography? If you just look one or two times at pornography, it satisfies. Does it? No. What happens? You get hooked. And there's the greed. More and more and more and more. Sexuality, the whole thing. Now, some of you look at me, you don't understand this principle. Let me see if you remember a song. It goes back away. I can get no. You worldly people. (laughs) Amazing. We're going to have an amazing altar call at the end of this time. I can't get no satisfaction from drugs, alcohol, money, pornography. It's a principle. We're reading about it. That's what happened in those days. Their hearts and minds were darkened and hardened. And they just could care less what you think. And they just do what they did. Now, when that domination took over, watch what Paul writes in verse 20. Look at it. We're talking about different. Look at verse 20 in your Bibles. Paul says, you, he's talking to the people in the church, us. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Basically, he's saying this. That isn't who you are anymore. That used to be you. But that's not you now. You see, a lot of people know about Christ, but they never came to really know Christ in a personal relationship. Paul says, now that your lifestyle is one of a Christ follower, it's going to be different. 
You're not like that anymore. In contrast to the unsaved Gentiles, your minds are no longer dark spiritually. You're no longer separated from God. You're no longer turning your back to God. You're following God. You're a Christ follower. And because of that, your life is going to be different. And he's asking them basically, careful, check your oxometer. Have you started to move back in one or two of those little areas? Just a few thoughts that you played with? He says, no, 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 no. Don't do that. You are different. Now look at verse 21. Surely you heard of him and were taught. Here we go. By, of course, Paul taught many times in church at Ephesus. Three years, actually, the last time. You were taught in him in accordance with the truth that's in Jesus. You see, Paul is saying this. You're in the church because you're being taught the truth. And I'm reminding you, that's not who you are anymore. That's what I'm doing this morning by teaching his lesson. I'm reminding you, now that you're a Christian, a Christ follower, that's not who you are anymore. Oh, you might have been that way, but it's not who you are anymore. Now, what changed all of that? Well, here, Paul just says this. You're in church and you're being taught the word of God by a pastor teacher. Does the word of God change us when we hear it? Of course, it's living. It's active. It reminds us, you wouldn't have put on your pulse oximeter this morning. And as I told you to do it. So now you have to think individually. Thousands of you that are listening to me or watching me right now. You have to think about your own life. How am I doing spiritually? Is my life holy? Is it separated to God? Or am I kind of leaking over here? Kind of like the old person I was. But that shows us one thing. It's the importance of being under the teaching of the word of God. See, if I'm not under that teaching, can the world just move me a little over that way and I forget about it? Yes, yes, yes. So learning the truth from the Bible teaches us how to live pure, holy, and productive lives. Let me show you how we should be different. Look at these two areas. Christ followers have a different value system. God's values are not the world's values. When we came to Christ, we realized that what were the values of God? Well, it's worshiping God, loving people, and using my time wisely for God. I have a different value system. It isn't about getting, having, the best of everything. Nothing wrong with that. God loves to generously give to his kids. He loves to give good gifts. Nothing wrong with that. But that's not our focus because we're just pilgrims here. We're just moving through. We're on our way somewhere. That brings up the second. Christ followers have a different view of life. We know that we're temporary here. We're going to be out of here soon. By the way, again, he's got a place for us. We're headed to heaven. The world lives for what today? Enjoy today and forget the rest of the world. Who cares? No, I'm enjoying today. This is a day the Lord has made. But I know one of these days I'm gone. You're gone. Everyone is going to be gone. So we have a different value system and we have a different view of life. And Paul has been talking about then you have to live differently in the way you think as you move through it. Now look at verse 22. You were taught... Again, the importance of being in the church on a regular basis. Not once a month, not whenever it, well, it just can fit best mark. I'll see you in a few months. I'll be back again. I love this church. No, that's not healthy for you. 
Now, I'm not saying you have to be here every week, like in the kids' ministry. You put up week one, week two, week three, week four. Hey, mom, look at my head. I've been four weeks in Sunday school. I'm not talking about that. I'm trying to tell you, you will never be healthy if you skip church half the time. Because the word of God is what makes you healthy. And by the way, there's somebody wanting you to do that because they're going to grab your thinking. So it's not about legalism. It's about having common sense to be under the teaching of the word. So look what he says. You were taught with regard to your former way of life. Notice these next three words. To put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Wouldn't it be great if all of our thoughts and actions and attitudes were always godly? That'd be a piece of cake, but it isn't. You see, when you and I became Christians, we're a tripart being, body, soul, mind, will, and emotions, and spirit. The real you, the real me, is the spirit. When you and I were saved, our spirit was made totally new, perfect. The problem is, I'm left with my body. You know, some people, they get saved, they come up, they go to the altar, they go to the prayer room, they get saved, and they weighed, well, maybe they were 70 pounds overweight. And they come out, and they come by and say to me, Pastor Mark, man, I feel so good. My sins are gone, but I'm still 70 pounds overweight. Well, I said, let me pray for you. And you know what I pray for him? God, give him wisdom, go on a diet, get a little exercise moving. (laughs) My body doesn't change. Can I hear an old me? Come on. Wouldn't it be nice? By the way, it will change one day when I'm in heaven. But it ain't going to change unless you do something about it. But my spirit is perfect, but my body remains, and one other thing remains. My mind, my will, and my emotions. I have my old sin nature still hanging around. How many of you know that? That's why temptation works. I would like to say to you, I never sin anymore. Well, I would be right then lying. And I'm sinned, because <laughs> none of us are perfect. But we're a work in progress. So I'm left with my sin nature to battle. And when you see that happening in your life, you understand, I don't want to go back to my old sinful nature, because life is a spiritual battlefield. Now, look at that in that verse again. It's deceitful desires. You know what Satan loves to offer us? Satan is always saying, if you'll do this, good will happen. But in the end, good turns into pain and suffering and emptiness. It never, what Satan advertises, never comes to fruition. It's always empty. It's always void. It doesn't work. So Paul wrote in this next verse, how do I put off that old son nature? How do I defeat that old nature inside that goes, I want to do my own thing. How do I do that? Look at verse 23. To be made new... In the attitude, here we go again, of your minds. So the solution to my sin nature, being victorious over that, has to do again with my mind. Today, Pastor Mark taught about the contrast in thinking as well as behavior between the Christ follower and those who don't know Jesus. You learned about the relationship between what you think and what you do, whether good or bad. 
You also found out that it's important for you as a Christian to be thinking God's thoughts, which can be found in the Bible. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will wrap up his teaching, Walking in Holiness and Purity. You'll hear about the world's way of thinking, which used to be your way of thinking, and how God doesn't want you to think that way anymore. Pastor Mark will be showing you through Scripture how it is that you can actively resist the world's thinking patterns and change your mind to thinking God's way. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving